Now, as winter approaches, animal sanctuaries around the country are worried about their capacity to care for thousands of animals. With hay costs up, nonprofit giving down, and an explosive increase in the number of sanctuaries around the country, sanctuaries are asking animal lovers to help provide warm bedding and food for animals in their care. One of those sanctuaries is Catskill Animal Sanctuary in the Hudson Valley. And joining us now from Catskill Animal Sanctuary is Kathy Stevens. Kathy, good morning. Hey, Tim. Lovely to be with you and your audience. Thanks hey, for having me on. Thanks for, for being here. I did an overview of the need, but can you talk about what, what really is going on and how this has uh, come up suddenly? Yeah, it's an interesting confluence of forces, Tim. It's like this triple whammy. One of one of our primary costs for any farm sanctuary is hay. And when your hay goes within the space of about a year and a half from $6 a bale to $10 a bale, then that's literally, and you're buying, in, in our case, most of our animals are large animals, you're buying, in our case, for example, 10,000 bales a year, that's a substantial, that's a $40,000 difference. That's a substantial part of our animal care budget. And another, another thing is that donations are down across nonprofit sectors around the country. There's, a, there's been an 11% drop in the last year to all nonprofits. And so we are also seeing that. And I don't know if it's donor fatigue. I don't know if it's inflation. It's probably a bit of both and other things we're not accounting for, but we certainly didn't plan for that. And then the final thing is that there's been literally, you use the term explosion, there's literally been an explosion of sanctuaries in recent years. And uh, so, for example, when we got started 22 years ago, we were one of a handful of farm sanctuaries, and now there are hundreds around the country and a couple dozen just in the Northeast. And people who consider themselves animal lovers typically give to dog and cat organizations, to dog and cat shelters, or maybe to wildlife, or maybe to um, organizations that care for our oceans. They don't give to farmed animals. So the rate of growth within the sanctuary mo- movement it has not been matched, not even close by the donations. It's what's just this triple thing happening yeah. simultaneously. Yeah, let's back up a little bit. You mentioned that you've been, you've, the Catskill Animal Sanctuary has been there since, uh, for 22 years. And the difference between the types of animals, can you just explain again the types of animals that you have there and not the dog and cats? These are thousands of these animals are, that are larger. Are farm, farm animals. These are horses. We have old blind horses and we have cows who were, we have a cow who was locked in a barn and left to starve over the winter. We have escapees from industry. We have a lot of animals. Our horses in particular um, have come from animal hoarders, which is a silent epidemic that we, we don't talk about, but they're hoarders I could tell you about half a dozen hoarders right in our neighborhood. There's so actually one, one they, just, I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's one that happens to involve some cats in our local area, Destin Animal Shelter across the river in, in Wayne County. There were 31 animals found, again, a hoarder situation. But again, yeah, th- this continues, this sort of trend is impacting as well. It is. And it costs a whole lot of money to feed one horse. So when you multiply 
the cost, the cost, and then you add in the increase that we're experiencing, hay, grain, bedding, then it's a lot, it's a lot to navigate when donations are down across all nonprofit industries. Yes, I, I know. And what does this mean, though, in terms of impact for the animals? Right now, sadly, there are a number of sanctuaries that are closing. I know of several sanctuaries that are scared to death that they're going to have to close. I talked to a friend who has a Florida sanctuary, and he has 135 pigs, and he has $11,000. That's it. And so one of the reasons why we went out with this story is because sanctuaries matter. These animals want their lives every bit as much as our dogs and cats do. And we, the sanctuary movement, the farm sanctuary movement is in trouble. And unless and until we, we go to the rooftops and shout about this, they, it's going to translate into suffering animals because there is not every sanctuary in the country is, at capacity, you open, you put your single out, and you could fill up in a day. There's just not, even with the growth in sanctuaries, there's not enough space. There aren't enough resources to meet the need to home farmed animals. Tricky one. In some ways, rescuing the farm animals is the easy part of the work. Oh, boy. Isn't that the truth? It's a uh, a rescue, if if you have any familiar, familiarity, even if you have a rescued animal, like it, it just appeals to the good in us, our desire to help, our love, our deep love for animals. And it's the most natural thing in the world to care for animals who've been starved or who have escaped from a slaughterhouse or who have been literally we've taken animals from dumpsters who've had such a horrific beginning it's just the most beautiful experience to say to them you're safe you matter we're gonna love you and take care of you for the rest of your life it it is the other part it's it's the financial support of that work it's the challenges of climate change we're experiencing terrible erosion with these weird the rainstorms coming as they do. We, we've lost a whole lot of our trees because of erosion and because of disease. It's plaguing all kinds of hardwoods. It, you're absolutely right. It's the love and the care are easy, exhausting, but, but good for the heart. It's the rest of the stuff that's the challenge. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Kathy Stevens, founder of the Catskill Animal Sanctuary in the Hudson Valley, about the drop in donations uh, that she's experiencing and also nationwide at animal sanctuaries and how that could impact support and survival for these animals throughout the winter. Kathy, I wanted to talk about that a little bit more. The first step is when you say that they're rescued, that you're going to be they're going to be taken care of for a lifetime. Talk about that lifetime commitment and what does that entail? We live in a world that doesn't value, for example, old blind horses or, or cow who was who rescued from wandering around in the woods or food industry animals. We don't value them in the same way as we value our dogs and cats. So there's just not a lot of demand for, for a companion pig, right? People don't adopt 
chickens for the most part. Little chickens a little bit with backyard chickens. But for the most part, we have found that there was so little demand for adopting these animals. And actually, we had so much experience with people adopting them and then returning them because part of our contract stipulated that if your circumstances changed, we would welcome the animal back. Then we were in trouble because we were full and we didn't have any room when the daughter went off to college and they didn't want the donkey anymore or what have you. Or somebody got sick and couldn't care for their animals or they lost their job. There are lots of reasons why people were returning their animals. So it just wasn't working for us organizationally or for the animals to have an active adoption program. So we shut that down and now have a commitment to care for anybody who comes here for the rest of their lives. And cows might be slaughtered by the beef industry at two years, but on sanctuaries, they live for 20. They live for 20 years. And horses, we've had horses who have thrived to almost 40. So you're making, and the birds, good Lord, we slaughter birds at just a few weeks old, but we've had 10-year-old turkeys and 11-year-old chickens. So you take on a lot when you make a commitment to these animals, but it's an honor and it's a privilege and it's life-affirming and it's beautiful, Mm -hmm. but it's just hard as heck when, (laughs) when financial circumstances are what they are. Yeah. And it's got to be, you obviously have, you form this bond with them as well. I'm looking at your website and you have a whole section about meeting the animals and I can't even get past the first sheep, Abram. It's so cute. Oh, Abram's a piece of work. (laughs) Abram is a piece of work. He is strong and strong-willed and smart and woo, he'll give you a run for for the money for sure. But no, you do. And I'm glad you brought that up. Like we all have the capacity to love. And just because we live in a world that, not even in a world, we live in a culture, because it's not true universally, we live in a culture that says, that values dogs and cats one way, and pigs, cows, sheep, goats, etc., another way. But that doesn't mean that if one comes into your life, you don't absolutely fall in love with them the way you fall in love with the dog who sleeps at the end of your bed or your cat who drapes herself over your keyboard or what have you. There, I've written several books, and, and the, I think the recurring theme of, it, of them is that in the ways that matter, what they've taught us is that in the ways that matter, we're all the same. We all want our lives. We all experience every single emotion that humans do just because we live in a world that doesn't want to acknowledge that the animals we eat have emotions doesn't mean they don't, they have them. Uh, They want their freedom and they experience pain and suffering exactly the same way we do. So it's a, it's a it's beautiful work. It's not work for the faint of heart. We welcome people down here to visit. We're closing for the, the season, but we still offer private tours. And if anyone out there in your audience is moved by this, we invite them to log on and 
participate or sponsor an animal as a gift for the holidays or just all kinds of ways that people can help our sanctuary or any sanctuary that speaks to them. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that heading into the winter with a, a small financial cushion. Animals could be vulnerable. How can folks uh, help? You've launched a campaign for folks and how can they get involved? The, the people have asked, can we donate hay? But we can't accept donated hay because there's a real quality control issue. Hay's been tough to come by this year because of all the rain. We've had to reject outright. We rejected the other day a tractor trailer's worth of hay because every other bale was moldy. The best way to do it is for people to, to give what they can, whether, whether that's by sponsoring uh, a bird for $15 a month or a horse for $100 a month or just going online and making a single donation, whether it's in honor of someone they love, someone who is wild about animals, or doing it on their own. It would, it's a fantastic way to help. And it's what sanctuary, literally, I don't know of a single sanctuary that isn't struggling right now. And it's scary because we're going into the costliest time of year. The quarter one of every year is when every, at least in this region, when our costs are the highest because we're feeding the most hay, obviously. Utilities are high because we're keeping the animals warm. And donations are at their lowest. Mm -hmm. If anybody out there has a couple spare nickels, we sure could use them. And so could any other sanctuary that that strikes their fancy. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking to Kathy Stevens. She's the founder of the Catskill Animal Sanctuary. Uh, and you can find out more information about the sanctuary, more about Kathy, and more about how to help at casanctuary.org. And and while you're there, I would advise you to take a look and meet the animals and uh, see why uh, they need your help. And thank you for what you do, Kathy. I, I, I appreciate your kindness. Oh, what a beautiful thing to say. Thanks, Tim. I really appreciate this opportunity. Have a great day. You too. All right. Bye.